0: Agma stands as the most powerful deity of knowledge within the Forgotten Realms. His faith does much to inform the peoples of the Realms and to uncover things that are hidden or forgotten. I am Ben Dignan and welcome once again to Religion in the Realms. With Ogma, we get to tackle how a deity from two or more separate pantheons operate functionally in Dungeons & Dragons canon. A few deities from the Faerunian pantheon come from other pantheons. Each one of these deities exists in the pantheon from our real-world religions that have polyistic beliefs. Ogma and Sylvanus are Celtic deities, Loviatar and Maileki are Finnish deities, and Tyr is a Norse deity. Each of these deities is classified as an interloper deity, compared to that of native deities. Native deities of the Forgotten Realms are those that were found around during the creation of Toril, like Shantia or Shar, or arose sometime sometime after, during the timeline of Toril, like Torm or Sirik. An interloper deity is a deity who was worshipped on another plane or material world until their presence and influence was brought through to Toril, fear their worshippers or other means. To the vast majority of people on Toril, they aren't aware of such things or would even concern themselves with such a categorization, though theological scholars are known to research such things. The five deities I listed earlier are included in this category alongside the racial pantheons like the Drow Pantheon, as I have covered in the past, or the Orcish Pantheon, just as some examples. Interloper deities were allowed into the crystal sphere of realm space presided over by Eo for a long time. That was until Eo began putting up the formal boundaries around which entity could exist as a deity in realm space. Now here's where the canon conflicts a bit. In the 3rd edition supplement Faiths and Pantheons, it says that the aspect of a deity in Toril is independent to that of the aspect of a deity on another plane or world which I can agree with somewhat. As I will talk about further into the podcast, Ogma as he exists in the Celtic Pantheon has some differences to that what is known of Ogma in the Faerunian Pantheon. The issue is that the supplement says that if a team of adventurers native to the Forgotten Realms were capable of reaching Ogma's planar home in the Atlands and slaying him there, only the Forgotten Realms aspect of Ogma would die. That means, in some mystical way, which I will admit definitely fits the power of a deity, Ogma in the Celtic Pantheon would still exist. The perspective I agree with most is that taken by the 2nd edition supplement, Faiths and Avatars. In this supplement, it is stated that deities who exist in Pantheons outside of Toril are the same as deities as they are in the pantheons of Toril. In that, if the same adventuring party from the Forgotten Realms kills Ogma under this assumption, they kill Ogma both in the Faerunian pantheon and in the Celtic pantheon across any primordial worlds or planes where he is venerated. Despite the differences Ogma represents in these two pantheons, though the supplement does still stipulate even then, one has to be careful not to assume too much. Either way, I think a DM trying to adhere to canon is free to use either perspective or some combination of the two. Throughout the episode, I will allude to where differences exist between the understanding of Ogma in the Forgotten Realms and that of Ogma elsewhere in the D&D universe as a deity of the Celtic Pantheon. It is important to note that when describing deities taken from our own world religions, the authors do point out that they did take some liberties and creative freedoms with their descriptions. As it is, I'm not even really that well acquainted with the Celtic religion, nor its beliefs or stories. I will only explain what it is the source books for D&D describe about Ogma, as inaccurate as they may be. Titles the Various titles attributed to Agma are The Binder, The Binder of What is Known, Patron of All Bards, The Lord of Knowledge, and The Wise God. In Durpar, Estegund, in Var the Golden, Agma goes by the alias of Kurna, who is part of the Adama, which we will touch on later. Portfolio and Domains Agma's portfolio in the realms include Knowledge, Invention, Inspiration, and Bards. In the Celtic Pantheon, however, Ogma's portfolio only includes speech and writing. Ogma's suggested domain in both Pantheons for 5th edition is Knowledge. Appearance and Manifestations In Dungeons & Dragons Celtic Belief, Agma was described as an older, balding, bearded human man with white hair and well weathered skin. He wears a lion's skin and wields a bow and club. In artistic renditions, it is not uncommon to see golden chains running from Agma's mouth to the ears of his worshippers. In the Ferunian pantheon, Agma is described as an older, burly man with a black beard which is streaked with white. He wears fine clothes that are bright in color. This includes a tabard with ornamental shoulder plates, a decorative cummerbund, and pointy-toed boots whose points curve up and have dangling crystals teardrops hanging from them. He carries a Yarting made of white snow wood on his back. A Yarting is an instrument native to Alm and Kalamshan. It is a stringed instrument that serves as the analog for the guitar in the Forgotten Realms setting. Ogma's avatars usually take on an appearance similar to his own. However, sometimes Ogma will make use of an avatar that takes the appearance of an oversized older man wreathed entirely in his long hair and beard, especially if he is setting down this avatar for combat. In terms of equipment, Ogma carries a magical longsword with the highest bonus attributed to magical weapons, depending on addition, that he calls Mortal Strike. He can summon Mortal Strike to his hands when he is in need of it. In 3rd edition, Mortal Strike is said to have the dancing and defending abilities. His unnamed yarding is capable of playing any song, tone, or noise perfectly. If he wishes... Agma can make it sound like multiple different instruments playing at once. The Yarding has emotion-altering abilities if Agma wills it to do so. This Yarding apparently has other properties, but what they are, Sages cannot agree on. Agma may loan out his Yarding to those carrying out important tasks in his name. Agma's chief manifestation is a blue-green radiance that is accompanied by Chords of Rising and what some would consider menacing music and a distinct sense of being watched. Sometimes Agma's voice will be heard alongside the manifestation, though only giving brief statements. Sages report that this distinctive music is always the same. If anyone dares to play this music on their own, they themselves are visited by a second manifestation as a warning. Should they continue the same manifestation will appear once more. Then a ring of blue flame will surround the individual, eventually either burning the person severely or fatally. Another manifestation is the blinding white light that may be followed by one of three things. Bright, fiery eyes within the light, radiant beams of colored light that grant magical effects on those the light shines on, or hands that come forth to point, carry, or wield items. Abilities In the Celtic pantheon, Ogma is said to be the best wrestler out of all the deities. He is believed to be the being from which all creativity is born out of. He also was capable of answering any question put in front of him and knowing the secret name, which I assume is the first edition term used instead of true names, of any non-deity. From there, Ogma could choose to kill the being outright or control them. For this reason, the Celtic Ogma is known as the Binder. He is also capable of charming all who can hear him. In the Forgotten Realms, Ogma is thought to evaluate the ideas of people and depending on the content of said idea, either allow the idea to be spread or kept forever in the minds of the Originator until they die along with their mortal form. This is done to preserve the order and balance he created on Toril so long ago. Just as it is said in the Celtic D&D pantheon, it is also held in the Forgotten Realms that Agma is the source of all creative inspiration and the protector of accumulated knowledge. Agma has a wide array of magical abilities. He can access any spell from the wizard's spell list. Divination and abjuration spells cast by Agma are far more effective, and those saving against a spell from either of these two schools cast by Agma suffer a penalty to their saves. A being without divine status can simply be charmed by Ogma by him talking to them, and no immunity from charm effects born out of the person naturally can defend against this ability. Ogma can read a being's thoughts within 540 feet or roughly 165 meters of him, though this can be protected against through magical means. As to be expected, Agma is immune to all charm-inducing, emotion-altering, and or mind-altering spells or abilities. Agma is regarded as the patron of bards given his legendary musical skill. Depending on one's perspective, Agma might be considered the most powerful deity of knowledge in the forgotten realms. Of course, Mistra could be held to a higher regard given her status over the magic of the forgotten realms. As a greater deity, Agma has a wide array of divine senses. He can extend his sense of smell, sight, hearing, and touch out to 16 miles. Likewise, he can see anything within 16 miles of his worshippers, holy sites or objects, or a location where his name was spoken in the last hour. His senses can reach out to a maximum of 20 locations at once. He can also block out the sensing capabilities of lower ranked deities in two different locations on Faerun for up to 16 hours. As part of his ability to sense concepts associated with his portfolio, Agma can sense any idea or form of creative expression 16 10 days, which is equivalent to 160 days, before it happens and up to 16 10 days following. Agma can create any kind of magic item. Personal History In Celtic d and belief, it is believed that Ogma taught the humans language throughout the d universe. The Ogham script, which is attributed to Ogma, that we see on many of our real-world Irish and Western British artifacts from the early medieval period, are said to have been proliferated out to other prime worlds in the d and universe. A legend told by the faith of Ogma in the Forgotten Realms tells of Ogma's coming to Toril. In the earliest days of Toril, a lone traveler made his way from another realm altogether. When Toril was new, the world's surface was chaotic and without distinct form or direction. That was until Ogma gave each of the different forms, names, and bound them to the concepts and natures that they are known by today. From this moment on, Agma was known as the binder of what is known and held in high esteem along with the eldest deities of the Forgotten Realms. It is also said, though it cannot be corroborated, that Agma presented the first peoples of with the written word, though this is largely up for debate. Where all scholars and clergy agree, however, is that Agma is an ancient deity in the Forgotten Realms who has been worshipped even before the first recorded pieces of history were put down. Agma has a long history of contending with Lera, the Faerunian goddess of illusions. Lera attempted numerous times to send radical and dangerous ideas, from Agma's perspective, into the minds of people down on Toril, only for Agma to limit such ideas only to her worshippers. Lera is said to have cast a subtle, though powerful spell over all past, present, and future Faerun. Within the written works of all Faerun. Words, letters, and sentences have been randomly inserted that have no meaning on their own. But if someone was to ever bring them all together into one text and read what may seem to spell out the true order of the universe, it is in fact a lie wrought by Lara herself. The result of reading this lie would cause all creativity going forward on Faerun to cease. From there, Agma would be severed from Toril and to cease to have a purpose in the Forgotten Realms. Agma was one of the founding deities that inspired the creation of the Harpers back in 720 Dale Reckoning. Ten years after the time of Troubles in 1368 Dale Reckoning, Agma assisted Torm, Mistra, and Mask in removing Sirik from his role as Lord of the Dead during the Srinishad incident. Personality. Agma is a neutral-aligned greater deity in the Forgotten Realms though he is a neutral good intermediate deity in the Celtic pantheon. As a Celtic deity, Ogma is described as an eloquent and charismatic orator. He has a love for the arts, primarily music. In the realms, Ogma is described as a jovial and thoughtful entity. His most defining nature, though, is his compelling way with speech. He has the capacity to be righteous and solemn when the situation calls for it. However, his greatest flaw is his penchant for convoluted plots that needlessly meander rather than take direct action. Personal Realms In the Great Wheel Cosmological Model, Agma resides on the plane commonly known as the Outlands, but it is also known as the Concordant Opposition. It is the true neutral outer plane that is coterminous with every other outer plane. The Outlands can be said to be the center of the Outer Plains. Here, all the Outer planes connect with the Outlands, and the Outlands serve as a neutral meeting ground. All sorts of planar beings walk openly in the Outlands, not bound to the different rules of the different planes that may restrict them as an outsider. In the middle of the Outlands is a massive spire visible to all that reside on the Plain, and above this spire rests Sigil the City of Doors. As one moves closer to the Spire, powerful magical abilities begin to be neutralized. At the base of the Spire, even deific powers cease. This Great Spire is regarded by some to be the axle around which all the outer planes spin. There is much more that can be said about the Outlands, but I will keep it to this limited brief overview. The Celtic Pantheon is largely represented in the Outlands in their realm known as Tirnaog. There are no massive settlements in Tirnaog. Rather, the petitioners live out in the wilds, free to move among the different deific realms. Tirnaog is a beautiful, green realm of meadows, hills, and oaken groves. There are all sorts of standing stones, obelisks, and cairns that dot the land that all seem to emanate ancient power. In Tirnaog... Agma's personal realm is known as the House of Knowledge. The House of Knowledge is a misnomer, as it is a realm of ancient oaks and clear blue pools where music can be heard throughout the woods. Agma is only ever really in the House of Knowledge about half the time, spending the other half of the time traveling and learning secrets. It is said that the House of Knowledge contains prisons for plainer beings who have proved to be troublesome to Agma in the past. In particular, Ogma has imprisoned several fiends, which has earned him the animosity of the Nine Hells. Though this bit about the prison in the House of Knowledge is found from a description of Ogma in the Celtic Pantheon, so I don't know if it is known about by those from the Forgotten Realms. Ogma has three magical springs that change the location throughout the House of Knowledge with Ogma's whim. It is said that all three springs have healing properties, though each spring has its own name and individual magical properties from those who drink from it. The spring of knowledge allows a wizard to memorize two additional spells from their spell book or grant someone an answer to a pressing question in their mind. The pool of music lets a bard cast suggestion which automatically succeeds the next time they perform for an audience. The spring of poetry grants someone the benefits of the tongue spell for two days. In the World Tree Cosmological Model, Osmok presides over a plane known as the House of Knowledge. The description of the House of Knowledge as a plane is the same to that of the description of the House of Knowledge in the Outlands in the Great Wheel Cosmology. Here, knowledge both orally and written is valued highly and preserved. The Petitioners that reside in the House of Knowledge look much like they did in their mortal lives. The Library of All Knowledge are a series of archives and libraries housed across the plane. Together they contain a vast array of information about every conceivable concept, idea, and object. The three magical springs maintained by Agma function much the same way, though their benefits are framed in 3rd edition mechanics. Finally, in the World Axis model used for 4th edition, Ogma also resides on his plane of the House of Knowledge. Aside from the fact that the House of Knowledge hangs in the Astral Sea, the House of Knowledge retains the same characteristics and properties as it does in the other two cosmological models. Allies and Allegiances Ogma is both allied and served by Denir, Melil, and Gond. Together, these four deities are collectively known as the deities of knowledge and invention. The information that Danir and Melil learn of, they bring to the attention of Ogma. Danir serves as Ogma's scribe and is also called Ogma's right hand. Melil is called Ogma's left hand or one true hand given that left-handedness is often thought to be tied to stronger artistic ability and that the most profound art comes from accepting what is true. His relationship with Gond is definitely amicable, but there is contention each and every time Gond exuberantly pursues inventions Ogma feels are to be kept under wraps or deserve further consideration or introspection. Gond has a bit of an independent streak amongst these four deities that has caused many scholars to forget that Gond still serves Ogma. Lyra works often beside Melil. And as such is allied with Agma as a result. Other deities allied with Agma are Mistra, Azuth, and Lothander. Enemies. Agma's foes include Talos, Bane, Mask, and Cyric. Mask, Cyric, and Bane are perceived to be the largest threats to the balance Agma has created. Given the battles of Adeas fought against Lyra in the past, in Lera's subsequent re-emersion post-Second Sundering, it's hard to say whether Ogma and Lera still maintain their past issues. Deity and Avatar Stat Blocks The first edition stat block for the Celtic Pantheon version of Ogma can be found in the Deities and Demigods in Legends and Lore core supplements. The second edition stat block for the Celtic Pantheon version of Ogma's Avatar can be found in the Legends and Lore Core Supplement. The 2nd edition stat block for the Forgotten Realms version of Ogma's Avatar can be found in the Face and Avatar Supplement. The 3rd edition stat block for the Forgotten Realms version of Ogma himself, as well as his Avatar, can be found in the 3rd edition supplement, Face and Pantheons. Symbols The single symbol attributed to Ogma in the Forgotten Realms is that of an unfurled scroll. The infernal scroll is also recognized as a symbol of Agma outside the Forgotten Realms, but the Celtic chalice is another symbol attributed to Agma, though it is not acknowledged in the Forgotten Realms. Central Dogma, from Faiths and Pantheons, Third Edition Supplement. Quote, knowledge, particularly the raw knowledge of ideas, is supreme. An idea has no weight, but it can move mountains. The greatest gift of humankind, an idea outweighs anything made by mortal hands. Knowledge is power. It must be used with care. But hiding it away from others is never a good thing. Stifle no new ideas, no matter how false and crazed they seem. Rather let them be heard and considered. Never slay a singer, nor stand by as others do so. Spread knowledge wherever it is prudent to do so. Curb and deny falsehoods, rumors, and deceitful tales whenever you encounter them. Write or copy lore of great value at least once a year and give it away. Sponsor and teach bards, scribes, and record keepers. Spread truth and knowledge so that all folk know more. Never deliver a message falsely or incompletely. Teach reading and writing to those who ask, if your time permits, and charge no fee for the teaching. End quote. presence of the faith on Toro Agma is worshipped most often by artists, cartographers, inventors, scribes, sages, wizards, and scholars, though he has a particular place in the heart of bards, clerics of Agma can be found of any alignment, and the church upholds the same stance so long as they're interested in promoting knowledge. It is not unusual to hear of non-humans who worship Agma as well. Those in search of knowledge often will offer upper prayer in Agma's name for guidance. Much of the coin brought in by the faith is then in turn given out in sponsor of publishing houses, schools, scriveners, theaters, and traveling productions and troops. The faith collectively advocates for not just literacy, but a fostering of a love and respect for the arts and literature. The faith often advocates that local leadership welcome in their clergy to serve as entertainers, scholars, and or experts. Given Agma's blessing at the founding of the Harpers, several of his worshippers and clerics presently and over the years have been members of the Harpers. The faith of Agma often works alongside the Bardic College of New Alam in Waterdeep. Unique to the region of the Shining South is the The Yadama. The Adama belief system revolves around the spirit that exists in everything, and even a spirit that includes all the deities themselves. Within this belief system, the tenets of five of the Ferunian deities are included: Agma, Gond, Silun, Torm, and Joaquin. Though Agma is venerated as Kurna, the goddess of wisdom, within the Adama. And the water is beneath the surface of the Sea of Fallen Stars is the realm known as Ceros. Many of those from the different aquatic races have took up Ogma's worship. Much of the knowledge of Seiros is carved into coral or stone tablets in Ogma's name. It is recorded that some of the whales who live in the Sea of Fallen Stars are bards who sing about Ogma and the history of Seiros and worship through their whale songs. Several of the great humpback whales in the Sea of Fallen Stars are bards themselves who worship Ogma, and some may learn common to pass along the legends they sing about. Dolphins, being one of the more intelligent aquatic creatures, can, with a little training and divine magic, come to learn and serve as both clerics and priests, Ogma's faith included. Last but certainly not least for this section, I would like to bring up two particular worshippers of Ogma of note purely because I find them to be really cool. Eluthra is an ancient brass dragon who now lives with Ogma as a petitioner in the House of Knowledge. The story goes that Eluthra became fascinated with the game of chess while living on Toril. They became too good at the game to the point that no mortal could defeat Eluthra. So Eleuthra did the next best thing and challenged Ogma. Ogma lost to Eluthra. In each of the three games they played. In reward for Eleuthra's candor and intellect, Ogma welcomed Eleuthra into the House of Knowledge where Eleuthra still beats Ogma from time to time at chess. Sangalor is a mind who long ago was exiled from their mind community. For some time he resided in Skullport where he turned to the worship of Ogma. Sangalore is likely long dead but before their passing They were welcomed up to the Font of Knowledge, the Temple to Ogma in Waterdeep, where Sangalor taught much about mind flayers and served dutifully. It's well within reason to assume that Sangalor is now also a petitioner up in the House of Knowledge. Hierarchy and Structure of the Clergy A schism occurred in the Church of Ogma in 1358 Dale Reckoning during the Time of Troubles. At this time, the Grand Patriarch of the Ogmanite Church, Colin Cordemont, disappeared from his residence in Procamper, along with the clergy he surrounded himself with. They were never found or heard from again. As Patriarch, Cordemont was viewed as the voice of Ogma in Ferun. Out of this schism emerged several minor factions, as well as two major ones. The Orthodox Church of Ogma, based out of Procamper, and the Ogmonite Church in Exile, once based out of Sembia, then Cormir, but is now based out of Akinol. Schism exists between the different factions because they share different beliefs as to what happened to Cordoman. After the Schism, these two main bodies came to develop different religious perspective on the use of knowledge. It did not help that the answers Ogma gave to his petitioners about the whereabouts of Cormont were conflicting and misleading. The Orthodox faction sequesters knowledge and analyzes it, while the Church in exile expresses that knowledge needs to be made use of to understand its true value, not its assumed value. Before the Schism, the Church of Ogma was a unified body with a network of places of worship that adhered to a core belief system in all Ferun. Now it is not unusual to find singular temples that advocate their own beliefs, smaller networks which share the same beliefs, or temples allied with one of the two major factions of the faith. Out of all the bodies of Ogma's faith, the Orthodox Church is the largest. The Orthodox branch believes that the title of Patriarch is still being held by Cordemont, serving Ogma in the House of Knowledge or elsewhere. Until the Orthodox branch knows exactly what became of Patriarch Kordamon, it will not grant the title of Patriarch to anyone else. The more deeply conservative Ogmonite Church in Exile is the second largest faction. It has awarded the title of Patriarch subsequently among those clergy following the disappearance of Kordamon. A smaller faction from these two are the pursuers of pure knowledge who respect the Churches in Exile's stance on hierarchy, but differ in their own theology. They are based out of Mintar. For the most part, there is cooperation between all the factions of the Ogmonite faith, though it is shaky at times, and often an unallied temple to any particular faction finds itself subject to a fair degree of pressure to declare their allegiance to one faction or another. Now, I have seen conflicting names that are attributed to the clergy of Ogma. In Faiths and Avatars in 2nd edition, it is said that the Orthodox Church collectively call their clergy lorekeepers. Keepers, but then the Church in Exile collectively call their clergy Namers. Then in Faiths and Pantheons in 3rd edition, all clergy are known as Namers, but then in Ed Greenwood Presents, Elminster's Forgotten Realms in 4th edition, they are known commonly by lay people as Keepers, but formerly within the Faith as Namers. So, make of that what you will, either you want to default to the most recent source, or choose the one that works best for your table. Regardless of which faction they are in, Acolytes in the Faith are known as Seekers. Those who have shown satisfactory progression are then referred to as Senior Seekers. After enough progression and service to Agma, the Senior Seeker needs at least confirmation and agreement between at least two full clergy members before being introduced formally into the clergy. From Senior Seeker upwards, the rank structure dif- differs depending on which faction they find themselves in. In ascending order, the rank structure for the Orthodox faith is Loremaster, Loremaster lore Loremaster Venturer, Loremaster Bold, Scribe of the God, Wise Anticipator, Inspirator, Inspirator High. Atler, High Atler, Lord Master High, Lord Master Most High, Eye of Agma, Divine Hand of Agma, and finally, Patriarch. In both the Church of Exile and the Pursuers of Pure Knowledge, the rank structure is as follows in ascending order. Advocate, Accomplished Advocate, Lord Master of the Twelfth, and so on and so forth, up to Lord Master of the Second. Lord Master First, Lord Master High, Learned One, and finally Patriarch. Layfolk are taught to address any clergy member they communicate with as Lord Master. Responsibilities and duties of clergy and worshipers. The Church of Ogma has taken it upon themselves to accumulate and distribute all forms of mediums that contain knowledge and lore. Depending on one's perspective and different interactions with the different clergy members, the clergy can often come off as rather greedy in their pursuits to collect knowledge. Ogmanite clergy and clerics carry out a wide array of tasks from day to day. Some monitor and maintain the archives found in temples, archives, and shrines. Others travel, often alongside bards, to seek out more knowledge and secrets to bring back to the faith. Others take it upon themselves to teach various topics and literacy throughout Faerun. Throughout the day, at monasteries and temples of Ogma, readings are held whereby the words from texts of lore, philosophy, and or history are read aloud to all gathered. The church brings in coin to help sustain itself by drawing up and selling maps, creating spell scrolls, teaching, creating various stationary and workbooks for sale, completing scribe work, and binding books and tomes. Wandering clergy who sustain themselves out on the road make coin by teaching, selling their own maps, or writing poems, songs, or lyrics for patrons. But as a core fundamental belief of the faith, basic literacy is only to be taught for free. In their lifetime, clergy members are expected to compose a written work that will then be distributed out to at least three different temples of Ogma. The work can be fictional in nature but it must be centered in Faerun so as to impart to the reader a realistic and informative portrayal. Clergy members also have a responsibility to copy out some piece of valuable lore at least once a year and give it out for free. Specific to the Durpari clergy who worship the aspect of Kurna of the Adama, receive payment to provide counsel and act as notaries. Often they work alongside or directly for wealthy merchants. Orders and Priestly Bodies Holy Singers are a specialty body of clergy who specialize in singing, mediation, and judgment. They typically are brought in to mediate between two or more parties in a dispute, and then entertain at the celebration held when peaceful terms are reached. Holy Singers sing not for themselves, but to venerate Agma and share with others the harmony song can bring with others. Quills are another specialty body within the church. They specialize in uncovering and documenting knowledge. Quills are well-read, extremely knowledgeable, and diligent in their work. They are definitely not the most musical or artistic members of the church, but their station is valued highly. The children of the passive voice are an order of monks who act as guardians to libraries and abbeys. Sometimes they are tasked with seeking out lost caches and stores of knowledge. Appearance and Dress The clergy of Ogma wear white shirts and white trousers. Over their shirts they wear a black vest with gold embroidery. The sleeves of their shirts are wide but tied at the wrists. The black vest is known as a cantlara, And upon it a clergy member embroids various symbols or runes that hold significance both to them and within the world. The clergy member awaits to ascend in the priesthood to another rank before embroidering a new symbol upon their Cant Laura. It is said that the inspiration for the choice of symbol is received in a dream. Atop their heads they wear a small box-like hat within the holy grounds of places of worship or during rituals outside places of worship. Otherwise, the hat is removed. The Church of Exile wears a, wears a harlequin mask along with his outfit. If a clergy member loses their cantlara for whatever reason, they are given a purple or crimson colored vest with the symbol of Agma on the back and the motif of two cupped hands on both sides of the front of the vest. This motif of cupped hands is known as the symbol of Chelsenara, which is said to mean I learn within the faith. It is named after a priestess of historical importance within the faith. The outfit of the Holy Singers only differs in the hat that they wear. Instead, their hat is crimson in color and it has a feather coming out of it. Their cleanliness and decorum is of an utmost priority. Likewise, quills wear the same dress but differentiate themselves with a tan box-shaped hat and a sleeve protector on the forearm of their writing hand To protect their white shirts from ink, this protector is decorated and doubles as a symbol of recognition in the church. While adventuring, clergy members are free to wear what they so choose. Not every clergy member does, but most do carry a musical instrument with them as they are encouraged to develop their musical skills as they travel. Most also bring writing implements in parchment or blank workbooks. Clergy members carry special magical quills known as pens of Ogma that don't break, can emit enough light so as to write or read by in the dark, and secrete an endless amount of ink that dries instantly. Their attire often features black, white, and gold, the three colors often associated with Ogma's faith. Rituals Clerics of Ogma pray and meditate on their spells in the morning. Midsummer, between the months of Flame Rule and Alesis, and then Shieldmeet, which happens every four years after Midsummer, are viewed as the holiest days in the faiths of Agma. On these days, agreements are made or renewed, and formal contracts or bonds are formed. Every day, the clergy of Agma must complete two rituals, the Binding and the Covenant. Together, these two rituals are known as the Cornerstones of the Day. The binding is to occur in the morning, whereby a clergy member writes out the symbols of agma in ashes upon an altar or upon the dirt below their feet. For whatever reason, if the clergy member cannot write down the symbols, it is acceptable to envision writing them out in their mind. All the while, a silent prayer is made out of reverence to agma. The covenant is to occur during the evening. A clergy member needs to recite a passage from some work of wisdom, recite a song or poem in reverence to Agma, finally by presenting a piece of knowledge that they have learned throughout the day to any other clergy members who may be present. Aside from the cornerstones of the day, individual temples are known to have their own specific rituals that differ between resident clergy, visiting clergy, and any other lay people who come to worship. The faith of Agma has a coming-of-age ritual known as the Naming. In the twelfth year for human worshippers, a number which is adjusted depending on the individual's race, local priests will bring the individual in for the private ceremony. During this ceremony, the individual's true name is revealed to them. From that day forward, the individual is to only use their true name in private prayer to Agma, never revealing it to those even closest to them, General locations of temples and shrines. The temples to Agma are themselves libraries and archives. Within one, they will find acolytes studying at desks over maps, books, and scrolls of all sorts. Temples to Agma are far more common in urban areas than rural and wild areas. Specific locations of temples and shrines. The Dancing Place in Highdale is a pilgrimage place for worshippers of Ogma who come to remember Ogma's supposed appearance during the founding of the Harpers here so long ago. Patriarch Cordemont's house in Procamper is a shrine to Ogma. The Library of Kurna, located in the Kurna Mountains, also known as the Mountains of Wisdom, coordinates and supplies those explorers and sages who go out and discover knowledge to bring back to the library. It is the most prominent place of scholarship throughout the Shining South. A font of knowledge in the castle ward of Waterdeep is built on the former grounds of an older warehouse. The temple doubles as the city's largest public library. Here the grounds are frequented by a fair amount of independent scholars who offer themselves for hire for anyone who may be in need of information. The Leaves of Learning, found in Deependale, contains one of the finest libraries in Faerun. This temple in particular has chosen to not contain any pieces of knowledge relevant to the arcane arts. The cost to look at the collection here is 15 gold pieces, which is steep. The collection is so well indexed, a visitor likely can find what they need almost right away. Before Myth Dranor first fell to ruin in 714 Dale Reckoning, the House of Song in Mithdranor held the largest depository of music and poetry in all Kormanthir. Here secret rooms could be accessed by knowing, particular, by knowing particular melodies to open the ways into them. The steps were also simple stone blocks that levitated in the air with no railing on either side. Also in was there was a unified temple commune known as the Scholar's Hope where worshippers and priests of Dogmarin Brightmantle who was the dwarven deity of scholarship, Denir, Ogma, and Corallon Larethrian, shared their accumulated knowledge openly from their respective libraries. With the second fall of Mithdorant Dranor in 1487 Dale Reckoning, whether anything of value let alone the remains of the structures of these two temples still stands is unknown. In Kalimport, there is a temple complex known as the Scholar's Priory, where three temples, one for Melil, one for denier, and one for Ogma, can be found. Within the grounds of Candlekeep is the temple to Ogma. It is known as the House of the Binder, and can be found in the Keep's Court of Air. At Candlekeep, the clergy of Ogma are allowed within without having to donate knowledge to Candlekeep, as they are deemed as friends of Candlekeep. The Halls of Inspiration is a temple in Silvery Moon, both to Ogma and in Malil, It is a large rectangular shaped temple with four towers. The towers house libraries, study rooms, and prayer chambers. Here traveling bards and worshippers can find room and board. The unrolling scroll is a shrine to Agma in the upper city district of Balder's Gate. Here one can purchase a trade rare tomes of knowledge. Oftentimes adventurers can be found lingering around the shrine Hoping to be hired to search out a rare tome. It is a shrine of white marble with an arched roof which provides wonderful acoustics for musical performances and oration. A reflecting pool found within the shrine serves as a place of meditation and reflection for those looking to be inspired to create a new work. After the cataclysmic events that transpired during the eruption of Mount Hutnao. The Damaged House of Knowledge in Neverwinter served as a refuge and makeshift hospital. After some time, the clerics and wounded who survived were moved to Helmshold after it was foretold that if they did not move, another disaster would come. Now with the rents in the land amidst Neverwinter magically sealed, Ogmanite clergy have returned to the temple to restore it to its former glory. The following is a list of named temples to Ogma stone, unturned, is a temple in the subterranean dwarven realm of ilt the House of the Singing Harp in Harrowdale. Tower of Thought and the Sanctum of the Scroller are two ta- temples in Selgaunt, Domes of Reason in Procamper, House of Many Tomes in Impilter, The Seat of Lore in Berdusk, and Scrivener's Harbor in the underwater city of Myth-Nantar. An unnamed temple to Agma can be found in Redanser. Unnamed shrines to Agma can be found in Suzale and Everland. Character Options For second edition, in Warriors and Priests of the Realms, you can find attributes unique to Crusaders of Agma, and the breakdown for the Holy Singer and Quill, which are both priest subtypes specific to the worship of Agma. In the supplement face and avatars, you can find the breakdown for the Lore Master, which is a specialty priest in service to Ogma, and the Wise One, a specialty priest in service to Kurna. For 4th edition, in the Forgotten Realms Player's Guide, you can find the Epic Destiny utility power called Supreme Power, specific to those who take the chosen Epic Destiny in service to Ogma, as well as the Ogma's Recall Channel Divinity feat. In the Neverwinter Campaign Setting Supplement, there's the Ogma's Faithful Theme and Ogma Domain for Warpriest Characters. Just as I do in every episode, here's the following breakdown I would give for a worshipper of Ogma background. For your two skill proficiencies, I would take two of the following three, history, performance, or religion. For your languages and tool proficiencies, I would say you would get one language of your choice and one musical instrument of your choice. For your equipment, I would say take the entertainer's, entertainer's equipment, though spending some of that 15 gold pieces you get for a holy symbol. Or you take the sage's equipment, though taking some of that gold pieces that come with the sage, and just buy a holy symbol as well. Finally, for the feature, I would take the Sage's Researcher feature. Next, that is just the following list of subclasses that I think would be thematically appropriate for NPC or PC to take if they are a worshipper of Ogma. There's not many of them, but we'll go through them nonetheless. So for the Bard, there's the College of Lore, Bard from the Player's Handbook. For the Cleric, there's obviously the Knowledge Domain Cleric. For the fighter, kinda of wavered on this a bit, but I guess Eldritch Knight, which you can find in the player's handbook. For the monk, looking at all the various different monks, I'd say the way of the hope and hand would probably work best. You find that in the player's handbook. For the rogue, there's the Inquisitive, which is found in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, as well as the Mastermind found in Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide and Xanthar's Guide to Everything. For the Sorcerer, there's the Divine Soul Sorcerer from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Finally, for Wizards, though Azuth and other deities of magic like Mistra are more applicable thematically for a wizard, I could just see as well across the board of all the various different schools of magic that a wizard would be a definite worshipper of Agma. Dungeon Master Options Starting with monsters, here's a list of monsters from official 5th edition sources that would, or I think, do worship or serve Ogma. So from the Monster Manual, you could take a ghost. Uh, Golems are specifically mentioned in a couple sources. The Sphinx isn't mentioned, but I could definitely see a good case for a Sphinx to be in service to Ogma. And finally, in the Monster Manual, there's the Killer Whale. And finally, in Volo's Guides to Monsters, there's the Dolphin Stablock you can make use of. Now there are other D&D monsters that are associated with Agma, and they are specifically called out in different sources. But just because this episode has been going so long, I'm just going to list them off. And if you do need or want to know more about them, by all means, reach out to me, and I can inform you to the sources that they are found and described in. So, there's the Translator, there's the Electrum Dragon, there's Faced Eggs, Watchers, Watch Ghosts, and Lilins. And next, these are just some NPC stat blocks that you can find in official 5th edition sources that you can make use of. So, in the Monster Manual, just like I've mentioned across, I'm pretty sure every episode, there's the Acolyte and Priest, just you might need to change out a Couple spells to make them more thematically appropriate to be uh, clergy members of Ogma's faith. In Volo's, Gu- Volo's Guide to Monsters, you have the Bard and Martial Arts Adept stat blocks you can make use of. Uh, the Ghosts of, Ghosts of Saltmarsh Adventure Module has the Bard stat block. Uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal has the Martial Arts Adept stat block. Uh, Tomb of Annihilation specifically has the Tabaxi Minstrel. In Waterdeep Dragon Ice there's the Bar's Stablock once again. There is a martial arts master in there known as Halam that you can make use of. And the martial arts adept once more. Moving on to magic items. So the Key of Faith is a holy relic for the Faith of Ogma. Its form is that of an ornate key made of everbright silver. It is two feet long, has large loops for handles, and has numbered marked 1 through 26 along its side. The key contains a roster of spells that can be viewed by first touching one of the monsters along its side, then touching the tip of the key to any flat surface. Doing so will cause the letters of the spell to appear slowly in black font upon the surface, but they will glow mauve in color if it is dark outside. The magical writing will disappear after a period of 24 hours. Unlike other holy relics that I have described in the past episodes, anyone is free to activate the Key of Faith. It does not need to specifically be used by priests, clerics, or worshippers of Ogma. The Key of Faith first came to knowledge of the Faith in 1187 Dale Reckoning when a seemingly insane merchant declared that a holy quest needed to be undertaken to retrieve the key. First dismissed as a lunatic, the clergy in Ordolun eventually committed to the quest after their high priest was chastised in a vision by Agma himself. The quest was carried out for a long time and opposed by the Church of Bane, who caught wind of this relic. The quest eventually led them down into a mysterious labyrinth that doubled as a tomb to a long dead patriarch. Through a series of mental tests, 26 faithful eventually found the key in which a voice told them that 26 bills would be bound to the Key of Faith, and then it suddenly vanished. Through the centuries, the key would be found by traveling adventurers and wanderers in various dungeons and lairs. It would remain in their possession for some time before vanishing once again. This is despite past attempts to keep it bound physically and magically to the prime material. If any clergy member hears of the key vanishing once more, they are to go to the nearest temple of Agma and let it be known that the key has been reclaimed by Agma once again. Other than the properties already described, the key of faith has other magical properties. It purifies any liquid it is submerged in and makes it potable for consumption. It will turn alcohol into water if immersed into the alcohol. For some reason, it will also double the quantity of bread and cheese only if it is left touching said foodstuffs for 10 hours while also ridding the foodstuffs of any mold or spoiled parts. But this is only specifically for bread and cheese. The roster of spells found in the Key of Faith can be found in the 2nd edition supplement Prayers from the Faithful. In the 3rd edition supplement magic of Faerun, you can find the headband of the binder. A magic circlet of blue-green metal stamped with the scroll symbol of Ogma. In 3rd edition terms, it lets the wearer use reed magic three times per day and grants a plus four bonus to all bardic knowledge rolls. To round out this section, here's a list of appropriate magic items from from official 5th edition sources that I could see in the possession of the Church of Ogma. From the Dungeon Master's Guide, there's the Crystal Ball, the Eyes of Minute Seeing, Gem of Seeing, Headband of Intellect, Helm of Comprehend Languages, Helm of Telepathy, Instruments of the Bard, the various Ioun Stones, Lantern of Revealing, Manual of Bodily Health, Manual of Gainful Exercise, Manual of Golems, Manual of Quickness of Action, Medallion of Thoughts, Potion of Clairvoyance, Potion of Mind Reading, Ring of X-Ray Vision, Tome of Clear Thought, Tome of Leadership and Influence, Tome of Understanding, Wand of Binding, Wand of Magic Detection, and the Wand of Secrets. From Storm's King Thunder, you can make use of a Reflavored Rod of the Voinenod, from Waterdeep Dragon Heist, there's the Paper Bird, and the Ring of Truth-Telling. In Xanathar's Guide to Everything, there's the Enduring Spellbook, Instrument of Scribing, Instrument of Illusions, Orb of Direction, and Orb of Time. In Tales from the Yawning Portal, there's the Balance of Harmony. Finally, in the recently released Eperon Rising from the Last War, there's the Scribe's Pen. All right. Thank you for listening to Religion in the Realms. If you are interested in keeping up the release of future episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow the podcast Twitter account at Realms Religion. These episodes are also uploaded to YouTube as well. The podcast YouTube channel can be found under Religion in the Realms. Audio versions of the podcast can also be found on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Podcasts. If you wish to get in touch with me, my personal Twitter is at shiv's Embrace, or you can send an email to realmsreligion at gmail.com, all in lowercase. Next episode will be on Thander, neutral good deity of the Dawn. Until next time, may Taimur look kindly upon your dice rolls, Helm protect you, and Thander light your path. Music for this episode, "Ascending the Veil" by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0.